from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic, Shirley Lin's weekly music program. But first, we start off the week with a new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, September 14th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you about a program designed to deal with the problem of aggressive water buffalo in one of Taiwan's national parks. Then we'll be telling you about a street in the city of Xinju that's become a canvas for children's artistic creativity. And the world of podcasts may finally be starting to take off in Taiwan. We'll be telling you all about that in just a moment. Please stick around. Of all the things 2020 could throw at us, aggressive water buffalo is not one that uh, comes to mind, I don't think, or that I could have imagined anyway. But yet, uh, here it is, a problem of aggressive water buffalo. We're talking about Yangmingshan National Park, which is uh, the park, actually, it's partly inside of Taipei itself. Mm -hmm. So it's a short hike from here. Yeah. And, uh, well, where did the water buffalo come from? I've heard they've been around for a long time. I know. I was going to ask you. I thought you would know where they come from. from the, uh, they've been there, at least I've heard, since the Japanese colonial period. So yeah. but before World War II, at least, um, I heard that there was some sort of program to try and breed them up there. But uh, they've kind of gone feral. And, well, they've been attacking people on and off for a while, even though most of the time they just kind of lay down mm-hmm. there. I know. Uh, there's a particular area of the park uh, and it's has a beautiful grassy field. Yeah. People set up tents there and fly kites, I think I've seen people doing. Yeah, it's like slopes after slopes. You know, it's, it's a, just, it's open space and it's gorgeous. there are no trees, no, no shades. And then, it's, but, but it's then so there's high the up water in, the, in the mountains yeah. that it's very cool. It's cool, it's cool. And crisp and it's a lovely grassy place, uh, rugged place for a picnic. Yeah. But uh, don't upset the water buffalo. I know. Well, that's what some of the experts are saying. The reason why these buffaloes are attacking people is because it's our fault. You know, because we're like, you know, disturbing their habitat and getting too close to them when we're told not to. And so that gets them upset. Hmm. And so then they'll attack people. But anyway, um, because this has been going on for a couple of years, I guess, but not like every day that, you know, peop- that these buffaloes are attacking people. I've but seen them. They're usually laying down in the grass. Yeah, same and, here. And I've seen them too. Kind of relaxing. Very relaxed, you know, lazy and lazing around. But anyway, so um, it apparently the Yangmin um, Mountains uh, Park Management Office decided to do something about this. And uh, after some, they actually sent in some experts to study up on the whole situation. Hmm. And they said, well, how about up uh, have these buffaloes up for adoption. Adoption? If or anyone wants even, to adopt an aggressive water buffalo. <laughs> or or even like, you know, um, send them 
a way to, I don't know, so that it can be useful. Like farms? Yeah. And I, that's all I can think of. So actually, some farms... Uh, our farmers have uh, decided to adopt some of them. And by the way, there are about 82 of these water buffaloes on the hill. There are three groups, separate groups, but there are a total of 82 of them. Um, it, the number increased, especially in the recent years, like last year, because the weather was warmer. Yeah. So had, then they attracted to... They produce. That's yeah. what they do. But I mean, like they're wild. They've, <laughs> oh, they've gone wild. That. Okay. Yeah, they're wild. You're right. I mean, so how are they going to be helpful? I mean, are they... Gonna, I know. I felt like they'd cause more trouble on farms and their worth. Well, you're going to have to tame them first, right? Yeah. But so I guess for farmers are up for this. Job. And these days, like, we don't really... I mean, in okay, before mechanization of agriculture, buff, water buffaloes were a thing, I'm sure. But, like, we have machinery for toiling. now. Yeah. yeah People but, don't use them to plow fields like they used to anymore, for the most part. But you know what? I think the trend is now going back to the old ways because it's more friendly to the environment. Don't you think? So maybe some farmers are willing to go back to the old ways and it actually probably is better for their crop. It's much less efficient, though. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel the trend. You know, I've been back in time of 30 years now. Uh, everything is like, you know, going back to the old days is better. And, hmm. you know, yeah. I've heard so. more of like high-tech solutions to things like these, to problems like around things like agriculture, but okay. But, but then, uh, you I know. Guess, I mean, if nothing yeah. else, they're, they look nice and traditional to have around as like mascots for your farm. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a petting zoo, though. These are aggressive animals. No, I know. These are aggressive ones. And, um, so the thing, though, is that, you know, visitors to the area who know these buff water buffaloes very well, they're very sad to hear that these buffaloes are probably going to be gone because, uh, for one thing, they're cute and they're a sight to see and they're great to take pictures with and all that. But the other thing, too, is that they're a natural lawnmower. I mean, that's the term that they use because these cattle, they actually help um, how do I say it? Kind of like, you know, uh, graze the grass there and then they grow and... Um, and fertilize it And as well. fertilize it. Um, I've right? almost stepped in some of the fertilization know, there. Yeah. But, um, my own <laughs> so, experience. So now the thing is that if these buffaloes are going to be gone, they're going to start having to, you know, use um, money uh, and, and use and, and kind of like graze the grass up in that area by hand or by machinery, and it's going to cost the management quite a lot That's of money a huge to do area. that. I don't think they're going to it's be using huge. it, doing it by hand anyway. They're no, we're not by hand, up, machinery probably. They're going to have to bring up a proper like by lawnmower. Humans. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the cattle are not going to be, the buffaloes are not going to be able to do that for you. Hmm. And so that's going to be a problem. I don't know. And it becomes like they're going to be spending money, you know, from the government for doing that. And well, so, anyway. Well, I hope that the buffalo find good homes, at least. It's yeah. The, the most interesting adoption program I've ever heard of. Right. Well, you know, New Taipei City, there have there are some buffaloes by, like, they do riverside parks. Do you know about that? I know stray dogs congregate there. No, but, but apparently there are buffalo. some water buffaloes in, like, these riverside parks. Now, because these are being um, bred or taken care of by some people, mm -hmm. so it's legal for for you know those um, buffaloes to be auctioned off but whereas these ones on Qingtiangang they're wild yeah. buffaloes you, it's not legal to auction them off and so that's how they come up with the idea of like oh let's have well, them up for adoption okay so it's an, it kind of seems like a bit of a loophole but okay 
Yeah. Um, they, I guess they won't be paying for them. Uh, so I guess they have we, to go to farms as well. Like you can't yeah. have one in your house. No. <laughs> Would you like to have a water buffalo as a pet in no, your home? Not particularly, <laughs> John. They don't smell good for one thing. Well, I mean, I've heard of kids, um, you know, using chalk on the sidewalk or on maybe someone's driveway. But I've, this is the first time I've ever heard of an entire city street being closed down so that uh, kids can have a good time decorating it. Well, it is the very first time that any street in town has been blocked off for children to just scribble on the ground whatever they want with chalk and everything. So it's the very first time, and this is a ta- um, the Xinzhu City. And um, actually, it just happened this past weekend, and it was a cooperation between Zespri, you know, the What? kiwi brand. That's interesting, a fruit company. I know. Okay, there's a reason to it. I'll get to and, that. And who else? And also the government, of course, the Xinzhu government, and Design for Change, this organization, the founder, um, uh, Kate Xu, that I interviewed many years ago, actually, it's an organization that promotes like creativity among children. Hmm. And so, yeah, so it's really neat to hear Design for Change again here after well, those years. So what's the food um, company doing in there? Are they trying to get kids having enough vitamin C? While exactly, they- <laughs> John, you got it. <laughs> they want to take the opportunity to teach kids about the importance of eating fruit and vegetables and how much nutrition there is in kiwi and all kinds of fruit. Marketing. And yeah, and telling te- children to you know eat more healthily so that's the whole whole uh, idea there so besides that children can you know take chalk and start scribbling and drawing on the on the on the street there's also all kinds of obstacle races and games and um, you can even like uh, the kids can um, can just dress themselves up as um, uh, I think we're given no <laughs> well actually you know I think what's the what's the mascot for key for Zespri's key it's like a little it's a soldier right Is something it? yeah it's kind of like with a with a helmet I, to, I, I have a friend who works I'm so trying I'm to, to ask yeah I, I, I should have printed that part of the um, so, of the story so they will be given like these cardboard papers and and boards and then they can make their own warrior outfit and their oh. own shield and sword <sighs> okay and then you Dress know like the Zespri yeah. mascot so, so it's an idea for them not to just be constantly you know playing with their mobile phones or watching TV mm. so it's an idea to get out of the house with their parents and get on the street and play games and draw and that kind of stuff. Participate in some good old-fashioned branding right. exercises. So I'm guessing this is a temporary measure. They're not just going to leave Yeah, the- it's not every weekend. It's just <laughs> only this past weekend. And so they close the street from 4 to 9 p.m. because it can't be later than that. The kids have their bedtime, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think it's a pretty interesting idea. Apparently, though, they did... Or rather, the same um, no, 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 the government had an idea of um, you know like reviving park um, last year, where I think they didn't give the yeah it didn't give the details, but then two thousand parents and kids went on the street. This was last year. And uh, it didn't say what kind of games or activities they had, but they blocked off the street again. But I guess it wasn't for graffiti and drawing. Oh. And um, yeah, so this was the second year that they did this, where it's you get to you know color the street itself. Oh, it's interesting. So maybe there's going to be an annual thing. Could um, be. That, yeah, which is a great idea. I know. You know? It's, it, I definitely something I enjoyed doing when I was When you were a little kid. Well, I still like, we still draw with chalk. We're getting a chalkboard in our office. 
So, oh yeah, that's right. But I, I doubt they're going to close off the RTI driveway for us to color. So oh, <laughs> they should. Kids. I think we should bring it up. That might be a good idea. <laughs> Our next instead meeting of, with the management. You know, instead of the boring you know, uh, cement for um, ground. There we go. Are you a podcast listener? Not really, but I really should get into it because my husband's thinking about like, let's do a podcast that we're going to become podcasters. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. It must be the new YouTuber. I, yeah, it's a new thing. So it's a new thing in Taiwan. Yeah. So I've been listening, I guess, for about five years now to some regular programs. And really? You mean Taiwan's podcast? No, or because there weren't the, any. Yeah, I know. There weren't any. That was long. Until, uh, like, I didn't last know year. the Chinese word for podcast until a couple months ago when I was in. And at first, I didn't understand it. And then I was like, oh, they're talking about iPhones. And pro-. from the context, I was like, oh, it turns out they, there is a Chinese word for it. What is it? Well, cool. Got it. That's what they say. Okay. Um, and... But um, if you are despairing the lack of Taiwanese content in your uh, wherever you get your podcasts, I don't want to name any names. <laughs> um, you may be in luck. There is one platform for podcasts that, as far as I can tell, I looked them up actually before this. Uh, it seems to be based here in Taiwan. It's called Sound On, and uh-huh. it looks it's, the website's all in Chinese. It looks like it's mostly it says it's Taiwan's like premier podcasting app platform, which I guess is a low bar because we don't have many that I know of. But mm. uh, the number of podcast programs, according to this platform, last year increased by about 300. And the first half of the year has seen 870 new programs pop up. And the first podcasts were established as early as 2000, but it's just in the past... Let's see here, like two years? Yeah, I would think so. That it's happening here. It says 90% of participants in a survey that they did in Taiwan started listening within the last two years. So uh, there are some interesting things about it because most, a lot of the shows that I listen to are like um, storytelling or fiction, you know. Oh, yeah? You want to escape from the world sometimes. <laughs> also, language learning ones are fun too. Um, but the, the majority of these programs that are coming, popping up in Taiwan are either fashion and arts or society and culture. Mm-hmm. So news programs are not a thing really. Nah. And like self those self-help programs you see sometimes that oh. they haven't really taken <laughs> off here either yet. Still few. Uh, although the platform estimates we'll see more of those in the coming years. Also 80% of listeners according to their research favor talk show formats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the most popular I form. find that, like, I get tired after yeah. about half an hour. I'm like, okay. Uh. <laughs> I have to do the thing where you play it at double speed. Like, mm-hmm. it just gets a bit, like, you feel obligated to keep listening. And it's like, I'm... Yeah. Because mostly it's something for, like, going to and from work. And or, usually they're, like, an hour long, Yeah, right? no, they can get very long. Yeah. It's usually something for, like, when I go to and from work or at the gym or cleaning the house. Okay. Like, to pass the time. Oh, good for and you. And so, uh, yeah, it's a lot more interesting to, like, do a do cycle, at, cycle at the gym when you have something <laughs> interesting to listen to as opposed to just oh, yeah, staring that's true. at the... So, anyway, um, the, the other interesting thing that they found is that most listeners here are female so far. 60% of their market oh, is female. that's interesting. And as you would expect, most of the audience is either in their 20s or early 30s, uh... And more than 95% of listeners, I'm not sure what this means, has a college degree. <laughs> I'm not sure if that affects uh, hmm. the, the, the programming. I'm not sure. 
But uh, and then they did some comparisons with people who watch YouTube channels in Taiwan because that's been a big thing for a while. Podcast audiences in Taiwan, at least, appear to be more loyal. That's a quote from this article. Loyal. Yeah, ninety-five、okay. percent of people said they had a preferred program, so there was something to listen to all the time, and seventy percent like want to get the word out and tell their friends about it.、Uh-huh. And、uh, you know, and people usually between sixteen and eighty percent. Say that they listen to an entire episode till the end, whereas like、uh, with YouTube viewers, maybe about slightly more than half will f- will really regularly watch to the end of their favorite channel's latest video. They might just skip through、mm-hmm. it, or you know, just kind of skim through it. You know,、um, so、uh, that's exciting because especially if you want to learn a language like Chinese, for instance, it helps to have something interesting. Oh, so your favorite podcasts are in Chinese? No, that I don't have any because there just weren't any really、oh, that were but really I mean, good. Like now, they might the be the ones that you listen to. Not yet, but、um, this is encouraging because they might be soon.、Mm, okay, well, depending okay. on what goes on.、Um, yeah, it's been a very,、um, and, well, as far as I can tell, English and maybe Spanish dominated medium so far. Well, I've got someone who's an alma mater,、oh, from my alma mater.、Um, she came back to Taiwan specifically to start a podcast company. Really? Yeah, called Ghost、uh, Ghost Island Media. Oh, I've heard of them before. Yeah, she's doing a great job, you know. And、um, yeah, that's really interesting because you know she said that she enjoyed listening to podcasts when she was back in the states. Right. And- right. And you know she doesn't like YouTube's because you have to get into fancy of like getting dressed up and putting on makeup and you know you don't have to worry about you know what's what what's looking good. So so she's really into podcasting, and I think that you know you said podcasting started about the year two thousand Taiwan, but we don't hear about them until the last two years. I mean, and I used to like like I said I started listening maybe five or so years ago.、Uh-huh. Um, there was one show that was recommended. I started, and then it just kind of spread from there into other shows you might like. And at back then, I was telling people, especially people who were interested in learning English, hey, this is a fun show. You should,、yeah. you can check it out. And they didn't know what podcasting was. I know. It took like a. <laughs> It、it's, was a bit、uh, of a. So it is a very, very recent trend. I know we're we're slow in catching on here. I, yeah, well, I, <laughs>、so. I hope that we'll have good things. I hope, for instance, your friend will invest in like some good storytelling podcasts because like、okay. the news is depressing and.、Yeah. She's got、um, a couple of、um, different podcasts. One is about the environment, and she's got a good, you know,、uh, host for that program. Yeah. And then、um, there's one about politics and mixed in with heavy metal rock music. That sounds like it would drive me crazy. <laughs>、um, Maybe you should try it out. Just one episode. No, something soothing or yeah. Or... Another about、um, about what is it now? About drugs? About cocaine? Because like, it's a very- lawyer, and there are so many things that you know that's legal or illegal, and people are like you know not sure about the gray、yeah. area. So that's a very interesting topic, I think. You know, out of these, the ordinary, they always have these like murder mystery podcasts. I can't listen、oh, no, to that. I yeah,、uh, true crime or whatever. No, from <laughs> much like these light these stories or、uh, maybe something about history and culture would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. That、um, would be. Um, actually, I've been asked why we don't do podcasts. I think we do. We do.、Um, our our programs just kind of automatically turns into podcasts too, right?、Um, I'm actually not sure where they go. And I've heard that for copyright reasons, especially if we use music, there are some issues with that. Yes. So、um, I think that、uh, that's something for us definitely to work on. Right. But,、uh, there are some legal 
areas that we may need to inform ourselves better on before we do. So, uh, but that, yeah, good news. If, if you want to learn Chinese or if mm-hmm. you speak it already, there's probably a lot of stuff coming out of Taiwan pretty soon. Well, Taiwan has yet another fan from overseas who is telling us why we should come visit, or in our case, probably giving us some tips about where to go. This is a French photographer, if I understand right. Yes, and I'm going to try his name, Mathieu Giabicani, sorry, 29-year-old French photographer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what he had to say, he said, you must eat, ride a scooter, to be as kind as Taiwanese, and you will have one of your best travel experiences, and you will fall in love with this country as I am. This is like exact quote, I think. And uh, he said this because to those who haven't been to Taiwan, he really recommends travelers to try pearl milk tea, even if they don't like it, because it's the symbol of Taiwan. <laughs> mm, I like it, but, but maybe leave it, stop at one. Right. Too, more than that, and uh, <laughs> I know it's very sugary. I, I'm not really into it myself. Yeah, it's too too, ma- too many of those tapioca balls for me. Anyway, but so he never thought that he would fall in love, you know, with travel and then meet a girl from Taiwan. And, oh, uh, I think I understand so. now why he's a fan. <laughs> so he settled on this beautiful island, and Taiwan. He says that Taiwan never sleeps, and it's a city that never sleeps. And well, wandering through it the has night. some cities that never sleep, but There's also some has cities, some nice uh, rural areas, as right? Well. And then wandering through the night markets at night brings you a feeling that the days never end. That's what he told China Post. And um, he suggested to other travelers that there are beautiful temples everywhere. And I think he loves temples because I've watched a video um, that he made. And there was a lot of um, scenes where he definitely used a drone. It was like all this, you know, bird's eye view of beautiful nature and mountains and water and 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 lakes and and the sea and all that beautiful and also lots of scenes of temples because so i think he loves temples he says that tom's culture and architecture are very different from europe so you have to come see it for yourself and um also he recalled the beautiful memory of his first encounter with formosa back in 2017 so it wasn't uh, so he, he, he the first time visiting Taiwan was back then and there's not just one word to describe this country and the town is a mix of many different things like culture and food and nature with beautiful landscapes and different feelings because the only way to understand is to go there and to feel it yourself mm. and he said the most impressive thing about the trip was um, contrasting between Taiwan's cities and the forests. He said he would never forget the day when he visited Sanxian Tai in Taitong. Well, yeah. That's on the coast, though. It's, That's not in a forest. No, no, no. But, you know, Taitong is, there's nothing metropolitan about it. I mean, according to me. So it's a great place to go. There's so much green mm. and everything. So it was in 2019 when he visited Taitong on the East Coast. And he saw some beautiful scenery, mountains on the left, beaches on the right. And Taiwan is just totally different. Of, uh, in that side of Taiwan in Taitong because it's it's more wilder I get a boost of energy whenever I go there yeah there's and a, there's, there's no city very, about it there's yeah. something very refreshing about a visit to that part of the island but like he said every part of the island does have uh, its own personality its own atmosphere right um, and it isn't a big island which is which is no. uh, there's, yeah. there's no monotony, I guess, is what I'm no, saying. No, right, right. Every exactly. time you go to a different place, uh, you you do feel uh, something different. Uh, right. So, for instance, um, 
uh, Taipei obviously is is where it's all happening uh, in right. terms of the uh, culture very s- and the metropolitan, arts. very city like. But, but I find that uh, uh, when you go down south, you get a warmer, sunnier vibe. Yeah, people there are very hospitable. The weather is often nicer. Um, the yeah, e- he did remind the travelers they must protect themselves from the sun and the rain, <laughs> and and yeah, because from the sweltering summer and you know keep hydrated. He actually suffered a heat stroke, so it's easy to get a heat stroke here. Sun, you know, like yeah. Oh well, like I said, the East Coast is uh, very invigorating. You feel like, especially if you explore on a scooter, mm. you feel like king of the world type mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and especially over the Pacific, um, but the you know the, the the middle part has alpine mountains. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've been transported into the Sound of Music or something. <laughs> even the north, true. even the north coast, which can be a bit gloomy at times, uh, mm. I, I find it's cozy. Yeah, it's it's rainy but cozy. Like it's a great place to go into a warm cafe and right. Uh, and he also has nice things to say about the Taiwanese people, of course, you know, oh, besides course. his breathtaking landscapes. But that he's saying Taiwanese people are so willing to learn about other cultures. That's why you feel really welcome here. And he said that people are so nice on the MRT because people, Taiwanese people like to get in line. They don't, you know, they're, they're very courteous. That's what he's That's saying. true. Um, yeah. uh, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And he said he's going to make another video about Taiwan next year. So it'll be the post-COVID era Taiwan. Oh, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. All right. Well, that does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Don't go anywhere just yet. Up next is Jukebox Republic. <laughs> Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm feeling bummed out because I was so looking forward to a hiking trip this past weekend, but I had to cancel because of bad weather. The last couple of days before this past weekend, it started pouring in the late afternoons. I mean, we're talking about serious downpour. You know, on Wednesday, I remember I got home and there was this heavy-duty thunder that came with the downpour. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was sounding like a loud bomb just went off or some building collapsed. I guess it was because it was happening very, very close to me where I live. That's why it was sounding so loud. Maybe just down the street or something. Pretty scary business, I have to say. I really hate it when rain is the reason we have to cancel anything that I was so looking forward to. So, I want you to know I really don't like rain. Not like some people. It translates literally into really afraid when it rains, but it means like really hate rain.
So the hiking trail was supposedly, or is actually, in my district, Xindian. So not far from where I live. But then we had to supposedly, um, you know, get off at our metro sis, uh, station and then take a cab to the, um, to the, you know, to where the trail starts. Anyway, well, I have to wait until November for that to happen. I don't know why. Maybe there are some holidays happening in October. We've got the National Day, right, on October 10th, double 10th day. So I guess people have plans. So we're going to be postponing this hiking trip to November. But anyway, you know, that's how it is, you know, we people in Taiwan. We're so blessed with so many hiking trails and hills and mountains that are within just less than an hour's drive from the city. Um, so why were we planning this trip? That we were supposed to have this past weekend. Well, a friend went there before and said that it's a great place to go. The trail is mostly covered by trees, so it's not like you know going to get hot from the sun and all that. And and then it kind of walks through a temple-like place that's built into the hill. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I just couldn't imagine what it's like, and was so looking forward to checking that place out. But anyway, we'll just have to wait until November. Now, the rest of us um, wanted to go and check it out. And um, we had it planned like a month ago, but then it rained, right? And it poured, and we learned that it would continue to rain on Thursday and Friday, so we decided to cancel it. The trail apparently is all stone steps leading up to it, but pretty steep. And it would have been dangerous and slippery if it was raining. So I was worried because now that I'm taking Zumba classes, I'm having knee problems. Yeah, slight knee problems. But I'm not going to stop the Zumba class, and I'm not going to. That's not going to stop me from going hiking. But still, the excitement about the hike overpowered my concern for my knees. I I knew I was going to go and bring my you know wear my put on my knee guards and also bring trekking poles. And remember how you know. Big John, my hubby, Big John, and I have come to like hiking. And uh, one time, we went to like all this um, kind of like an outdoor equipment store and bought all these equipments, like the trekking poles. And then we got these cooling towels that you can, you know, put around your neck or put on your head after you wet it, and then I don't know, you pull on it, so then the cooling agent would start. So I was going to be all prepared, and then it rained. Like this next song, 下雨天 Rainy Day by Dong Yujun. Shall I? 
是手放开，请你莫讲我爱你。一滴一滴伤心的雨水，像地球阮袂当搁爱伊。若是你的选择是要离开，我会放手，因为我爱你。Gone on a hike. We were going to、uh, take this Malcon gondola. It's like the cable car,、um, and go someplace in the hills for lunch. But the thing is that any slight thunder or lightning, you know, they would close the cable car. So, so you know, if that's the case, then there was no point about going. If you know about time when we get the famous plum rain season around spring, but now it's also prone to rain in the early fall.、Um, You know, this is a time when we get typhoons. Well, usually during the summer months, but it's been getting later and later, and even into September, we would still be expecting typhoons. Although、um, we've been lucky enough that typhoons haven't really hit Taiwan、uh, this year, and、um, but we get a lot of rain, so that's why we got all this rain around now. It's ironic because apparently typhoons is good for us. Yeah, we need rain,、um, and and here I am. I hate rain, so it's kind of ironic. But、um, 
Of course, we do need the rain. Good thing that um, the rain is enough that we um, don't have water rationing problems, which we did have a few years ago. Yeah, quite a few years ago. Taipei is known to be a rainy city, but not as bad as Keelong, which is right by the coast and is up north. Here's a song, 下雨城市, Rainy City, by Chen Shuhua.
When it pours like the way it does sometimes in Taiwan, I always find myself in a dilemma as to whether I should wear rain boots, which I hate to do because it's very hard to walk in them. And I actually had to get up here like a couple of years ago um, because I realized that sometimes it pours so dramatically that no other shoes would do the work and I just got to have to have a pair of rain boots. But since buying it, I haven't really worn it, you know, only a few times actually. The other thing is that if it rains and if it doesn't rain that hard that I have to require rain boots, then I like to wear shoes that cover my feet. Not like most townies people, if you've not heard anybody talk about this, they like to wear flip-flops when it rains. Um, which I can understand, but the thing is that my problem is that I don't like stepping in dirty rainwater. So I don't like wearing flip-flops like everybody else does, which I can understand why, because if you were to wear shoes and they get wet, then you know your feet in like these soggy shoes can be really uncomfortable and thinking about working all day and wearing them all day. Well, if that does happen, and I happen to wear these shoes that got soaked through and through, what I do is that I would go to the bathroom, get these, um, you know, these hand towels, and then stuff them in my shoe. You won't believe how comfortable it feels, you know, because the, the, the towels, the paper towels, they soak up the, 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 the water, and then they keep your feet, your toes especially, warm and, and nice and dry. So that's what I would do. But um, it's always a dilemma when it comes to raining. And then I, I'm deciding, I'm, I'm getting ready to get to work, uh, leave for work, leave for work. And I'll be deciding like, wait, I keep looking out the window. If it's pouring, should I be wearing my rain boots? I try not to. Um, or decide to wear these um, sneakers, but made with waterproof um, material, like maybe like, you know, like man-made leather yeah, I do have a pair of um, walking shoes that are like, you know, looking like sneakers, but then they're like made of um, handmade, um, yeah, a leather kind of. So they're kind of waterproof. So that's what I would do. I know I'm sounding like a nuisance, right? There's more to this because sometimes I would rather wear these sandals, um, but then sandals with a thick sole because if there's a puddle, on the ground, I don't want to be, you know, having my feet touch the dirty rainwater. So I make sure that I have sandals that have thick soles so that I, you know, I can still, yeah, I get my feet wet, but in a way they would dry faster when I get to work. I am such a nuisance, right? You know, like what am I talking about? But that's my fuzziness about shoes when it comes to rainy days. What should I wear on my feet? Well, anyway, um, at least I can look forward to the hiking trip in November. Hopefully, the weather will be nicer then. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic, having me talk about rain and rain boots and whatnot. Anyway, here's saying goodbye with a song coming from one of my favorite singers. That's Faye Wong, who hasn't been singing lately, but I think she's, um, you know, um, settled in comfortable family life. This song is Xing, which means like kill the mood, spoil something, kill joy. Like this is really appropriate. Rain on Your Parade by Wang Fei.
The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International.
the latest RTI news, programs, previews, and more on our website, english.rti.org.tw. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.